Hey, auntie, come on up. Um, just press the call button. That should let you come up. I added you as a host, but I think you got in the room before I added you as a host. You'll see the call button down at the bottom. Okay, let's see. Is that taken? Um, try it again. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see, okay, let's see. Make call. Okay. Invite to speak. There you go. But now you, I, I want you as the host, though. Maybe what's. Okay, here we go. Got it. Promote to moderator. Okay. Hey, Martin. Excellent. Hey, Auntie. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, it's all good. It's all good in the neighborhood. That's right. New neighborhood over here on uh, Callin. From now on, you should be a host because uh, I added you to the to the show. So I'm excited. We got a new platform over here. Let, letting folks know all about black business and black business life and stuff like that. So this is what's up. Now I got to figure out how to, one thing I think you can do, I thought you could pin stuff to the room, but maybe not. I'm not sure. Um, I'm looking for that ability. Wait, there it goes. There's copy link. Okay, no, that's not what we want to do. That black biz reports, that's pinned at the top, right? That's not right, but I wanted to pin. I want to. Um, I want to be able to add a link to the room. I thought we could add links to the room. Okay. I looked at that last update. Maybe not. So it's okay. Miss okay. Zora is sitting here in my arms. Just woke up. Say hi, Zora. Oh, hi, hi, Zora. Hi, Queen <laughs> Zora. How are you? Wow, she's so peaceful. So, well, she just woke up. <laughs> she got a lot to say. Now she's stretching. Okay, let me get my stretch on first, and then I'm gonna say a lot. I got I a lot to it. say. I love it. I love it. Uh, you know what? That's that's one of the great things that's come out of this whole great resignation, if you will. You know, I think a lot of babies, <laughs> great a lot of babies, are great reset, get a lot more. huh? Great reset. We don't use resignation. Yes. We use reset. Cause nobody resigned. We all reset. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of babies are going to get a lot more love and affection. Shoot, not just babies. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, kids because teachers aren't coming back. What? Teachers not coming back. Teachers are like we done. Especially in oh. Texas and Florida, every teacher I spoke to in Texas and Florida said, "Nope, we are out. That's it." Now there she goes. She's saying, she's "There saying, you yes. go, hi, Miss Zora." Um, oh, but goodness. yeah, parents are, I know amongst black parents, uh, we have increased homeschooling by, um, I think it's, uh, by 13%. So it was at 3%. Now it's at 16, getting close to 18% of homeschool. That's uh, black crazy. I mean, I think people don't have a choice. What? 
And if you if you run your own business, you have time. You know, you you don't really have time. You can you can make time to make sure that your kids get the right schooling. You know what I mean? Um, no, I don't, because my kids are eighteen and twenty five, <laughs> and so I come from a whole different <laughs> school, Martin. <laughs> well, that's we the sent them. We packed them up and sent them off to school sick. We were good. And the teachers were there too. Right, right. No, I I I totally I totally uh huh. I just stumbled upon an article that's gonna be interesting besides the one I sent you. Um okay. it was yeah, I just it's how we do, we just stumble upon stuff. I know it. I know it. These are some really, really good articles too. So, what you got cracking? Well, NPR has put out a piece that says that um, business owners ownership has increased from. Martin, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay, start over because you kind of went in the matrix a little bit on me. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Thank you for telling me. I was saying that NPR has this report, and it's really coming out of your your area, Southern California. The University of South Cal uh, has a report showing that black businesses have gone from negative 41% back to that 41% and then 30% on top of that. So black businesses have increased from negative 41 to positive 30% over where they were in 2020. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. It really is. Like it's just stuff that um I I I yeah, like you said, I couldn't even believe it. <laughs> it was like, wait, what? Wow. So it was negative forty four percent with black businesses at first. Hey. Like, that was crazy. I clicked on the what it says, Black Biz Reports. Uh-huh. That's out the room. I still see we going, so good. <laughs> that took me out the right? room. And then I clicked, I was trying to check the website to see the, the site person that they put it up yet. And then it took me out the platform. And I guess out the room, I guess it shut the, the app down. That's oh, my God. Wait, do 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 do. Is that the Twilight song? <laughs> the Twilight Boy, song. Je- I think that's Jeopardy. <laughs> but they sound alike. I never thought about it till now. Jeopardy and Twilight song sound alike. So that makes yeah. <laughs> wow. But the weird thing was, even though you were kicked out, your face was still sitting here smiling. <laughs> well that just goes to show you the app isn't crashing it's, 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 the app is still going um, but yeah it, it's it's amazing that black women have kept 
this economy going? Yes, yes. Can you please let us have some recognition finally? Right, right. I agree 100%, sis. I agree 100 <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm sorry to cut you off. Why, you no, know, necessity. Okay, thank you, thank you. Necessity is the mother of invention. It always has been. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's how come we eat greens now instead of spinach. I mean, it's just this has always been. And I'm talking to women in my circle, not just here in California, Los Angeles area, but across the country, and a lot of people who were kind of older. Um, I would say like 40 plus, a lot of these women are saying, hey, that pandemic hit us hard. They had a lot of positions where people got laid off. And when it was time for me to get my promotion, either I didn't get it or somebody who I thought or who came in after me and whom I thought was less qualified than me got that position. So I, in response to that, just rolled on out, lateraled out, and created my own business. Wow. That that's yeah, I think I, I not I think, I know that's definitely the case. And um <clears throat> that brings up an interesting dichotomy of um a situation that I stumbled upon today. This, I missed it somehow, <clears throat> but this says LinkedIn shares new data on business challenges faced by black entrepreneurs and it has in parentheses black women entrepreneurs. So while, you know, I definitely hear what you're saying and people uh, bounced, <laughs> they're like, pure right. Um, this article here talks about black women as an entrepreneurship and what they're facing and their entrepreneurship. And I like this because it's a infographic. I love those infographics. Yeah. I would prefer to see an infographic than all these paragraphs. Yes. Yes. So this says during the pandemic, 17% of black women said they were in the process of starting new business compared to 10% of white women and 15% of white men. While these stacks are, impressive and show the resilience and determination of black women, they are 2x as likely to be turned down for business loans. Further, only 3% of black women founders are rich, return, are running a mature business. So wow. the, when you go down to the infographic, it shows black women in the pursuit of entrepreneurship. From office job to entrepreneur. Top reasons, to your point, black women entrepreneurs started their business during the pandemic include financial support for themselves and their family, the need for flexibility and more free time. 51% said financial support, 50% said need for flexibility and more remote, and 37% said they wanted more free time. Yep. Yep. That sums it up. That really, really sums it up. And you know what? I'm not even sure. I'd be interested. Did it give a statistic for other races? Because I feel like, no. you know, you, you capturing the mom vibe right there. Well, they, 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 did say, they did say that the uh, in relationship to uh, white men and white women, 10% of white women were opening the up. And 15% of 
white men, uh, uh, black women, 15% of white men, 10% of white women. <clears throat> now, here's the thing what you were just okay. talking about in the office space. The total microaggressions take on black women entrepreneurs. 41% said they had people touch or comment on their hair without permission in business settings. Lord have mercy, 30, Jesus. Not the hair, Martin. Not the hair. <laughs> Thirty-eight percent have faced blatant discrimination and microaggressions in a business setting. That's that's nearly half like thirty-eight percent you might as well say forty. Forty you might as well say fifty. <laughs> like you know, it's, or you, well, I, I'm yeah. gonna throw this in there. You might as well say half because maybe yeah. the other twelve percent are so used to being mistreated that they didn't realize a micro <laughs> aggression. Right, when it was, right, you know, right. Speak on it, speak on you it. You know, so it. don't yes. get auntie started. Go on, Martin. Right, right. exactly. Like you, you, <laughs> that's a good question. Do you, do you even know what good treatment feels like? <laughs> that That is so sad, but so yeah, really. incredibly yeah. real. <laughs> it's like, yes, that's the, like sad, terrible. But real, very real, very real. Thank mm-hmm. <laughs> oh snap. Dang, that is yep. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. So wow. Wow. Um yeah. I yeah. I don't even know, you know, where to begin. But I'll tell you something else that's interesting. This is not about the office versus the, the uh, small business. The other thing that's interesting about this situation is that we do have a woman from Waterloo, Iowa, who, after opening her business, she was not able to get a business loan. And she had done everything right. Credit was good, uh, not missed a payment, not late, you know, credit good, right? Uh, She went on to, and the thing that's really interesting to me is that the Waterloo local newspaper did a whole like like I don't I think this is like the longest article I read in years. This has to be at least twenty five hundred words, maybe four thousand. I don't know, but this article keeps going and going and going and going. Probably twenty five twenty five hundred. So <clears throat> what they did was to interview her about the fact that she her frustration her, her pain point. She didn't get the loan. And then to add injury to insult, she sells her business. The person that she sells her business to goes to the same bank, gets a better loan than she was turned down for with more money. And she knows this woman's status because she has the same pick. She has, she sold her the business. So she knows she was in the exact same credit situation as this woman. The only thing different happens to be white. And so our sister uh, decided that she was going to go ahead and sue the United States. Rashonda Young, she opened up Popcorn Heaven. And her frustration led her to sue the U.S. government. And that forced the U.S. government to use the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau to require all U.S. banks to show the amount of 
loans they sent or they, they gave out versus the loans they denied to black uh, patrons. What? Before. So the, the banking industry, Rashonda took on the U.S. government. The U.S. government said, listen, Rashonda, you know, you know how people are like, it's not me. It's Rashonda. <laughs> so I'm not asking you for this, but Rashonda won his lawsuit, so you got to give me this. And wow. Rashonda was like, um, I, I know that I have to do something. I have to. So, but she didn't stop there. She knows that Iowa is the third worst state for black people living. That's what I was saying. Rashonda, what are you doing in Iowa? <laughs> you know, not saying, like, you in Waterloo, Iowa, Rashonda? <laughs> like, know that. So she's like, I'm going to open up a black bank. And that's what Rashonda's in the midst of doing right now. She's raising the $10 million to open the black bank. The first black bank in Waterloo, Iowa. Wow. I just, exactly. I'm just like, yo, Rashonda, that's, uh, dang, dang. I, I get it. I know it's important. I'm just like, whoa. but you know it is important and here's the thing if you feel like you have been mistreated and you feel like it's because of a characteristic or color or part of you that you really have no control of God made you that way okay (laughs) And, and you sit there and accept the mistreatment are you part of the solution or part of the problem Mhm. Mhm. That's not rhetorical. What's your thought? No, I, I wasn't thinking of rhetorical either. I was just trying to. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to like, oh, I, you know, I don't even. Good question, Auntie. <laughs> like, I don't even really have it. Um. So I think that I'm hesitant to throw our people under the bus, so to speak, about problems that that have to do with systemic or institutional, something that is an institution, like racism to a large degree, and especially in banking, is a, is part of the institution. I was blessed to meet with um, this sister that, uh, Marsha Jules, J-E-W-S. Marsha's been in radio, I wanna say 20 some years, at least. Uh, she's out of DC, Baltimore area. Marcia says to me, in 1971, she was in Indiana. And, and uh, I want to say Indianapolis. Or, no, it might have been, but I believe it's Gary. And so she worked at a bank. <clears throat> she went into the basement, and they had a map of the, of the black side, the white side, everything. And they told her, we're not, we are not um, giving any people on this side of town any loans. They were all black. So she said, hmm, okay. She went and called her family, her cousins, her nieces, and, and said, come down to the bank. I'm approving all loans that come in here. And she went ahead and she approved this person for a loan, that person for a loan, this person for a loan, wow. that person for a loan. <laughs> and so to your point about, like, are you part of the problem? Or is it, you know, if you, and I think that, like, what Marsha saw was I'm not going to be here and just watch my people get S'd on. 
But at the same time, she didn't, she's no longer, you know, obviously she wasn't going to blast at that bank for very long. And, but she was there as a temporary solution, right? So I think the challenge is to be the Booker T and the boys. Like look for the immediate solution, but then also look for a long-term. A lot of people are part of that long-term solution, not necessarily that immediate. Now, Rashonda, I don't even know. I, I want to interview her because I don't even know how, like, how do you get a lawsuit against, you know, you, you're you're uh, in the legal industry. Like, how is a lawsuit? How does she, like, what like, what do you do to, to sue the U.S. government to make them, you know, like, do you say me versus the United States and take it to federal court? <laughs> you know, like, like if you want to get chickens to be, uh, to be inspected better, do you, do you, do you sue the U.S. or do you sue the U.S. Uh, DA? You know, like, I, did she sue? I don't even know who she sued. Sue the Fed, the tre- the Treasury? Like, who who did she sue? I mean, I guess she saw the, maybe she sued the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. But, right. you know, right. just how do you even get that started? Right. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I don't, I haven't seen it. But I will tell you this. I haven't seen the, the, the pleadings or anything. Right, but right, it, right. it's, while it's possible to sue the U.S. government and or the departments or agencies under it um, when they are in the process of kind of doing their job, mm-hmm. it's really, really hard to prevail on a suit like that. So so with her, I'm not sure what the lawsuit was and I'm not really sure, um, you know, you would have to take a look at the pleadings because the fact that she was able to get the disclosures that she got. Right. Um, that doesn't sound like a well, remedy she would have. Hmm? Yeah. I feel like the remedy was, yeah, they don't have this. I feel like what she they got don't was have they don't one. have the statistics. Like the, the, the government, the government, um, does not have the statistics. Didn't have the statistics on how much, how many business loans they gave. So, uh, hey TJ, welcome. Uh, we're discussing the article in the uh, chat right there. This is about uh, Rashonda Young from Waterloo, Iowa, who sued the U.S. government successfully. And um, I think she she wanted a question answered, like, well, how many loans are denied by this bank to Black folks? And she got that. Uh, information that was probably zero. We don't know, <laughs> you know. And so, right. well, how are you the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau if you don't, if you're not gathering statistics on how to protect the consumers? Right. So, well, first of all, I want to say a shout out to TJ. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, it, it, there's so many levels of this, okay? Because I'm gonna start with uh, Consumer Financial. Financial Protection Bureau is really a relatively new space. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, so um, that has been like over the last maybe 10 years or so, because prior to that, there really was not a um, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. That This, this is new. Um but there have always been there has always been a requirement as far as i know of lenders to lay, to lend fairly 
right, to different races and not discriminate on the uh, on the base of a race um, right. or, or many other factors. And so I'm, I'm kind of thinking as I listen to this, I was trying to understand, and there's always, by the way, been a requirement for um, certain lenders uh, under the Community Reinvestment Act to kind of give a report of, of what they're doing in their communities. Uh, and, and it's been, a, it's called redlining when you pick an area of the city that you're not going to lend in. Uh, and, and it's called fraud when you go ahead and improve all your family <laughs> just because you think you've been discriminated against. So with all that in mind, I will say when you first brought this story up, my thought was, hmm, you know, was um were both of the applicants equally similarly situated and were did they both qualify for a business loan cuz you got to think when you're talking about a business loan a lot of lenders really don't heavily give a business loan to just anyone, they're looking for security and collateral. So here's my question to you. Had it been the case that two people, you know, applied for a loan and one of them had a house that they were able to use as a, as a, you know, collateral and the second person mm-hmm. applied and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And all the people who were getting the loans had homes that they were able to use as collateral. And all the people who didn't get the loans didn't have that collateral. And it happened to cut across race lines. Would that be discrimination based on race? Yeah. um, So I believe what happened was that she did not. uh, There was no difference between both uh, applicants. In fact, the person that got the loan asked for even more money. And she had, so that meant that, um, which uh, Sister Young should have gotten her loan at the, asking for even less money. And so they had the exact same, uh, as far as every archive read, they had the exact same qualifications. I believe that Rashonda be- believed that she actually had better credit than this person. Now that, that you know, because she sold her business to her. So she should have seen what this woman was working with. Which was the adding insult to injury, you know, the as we like to call it, the black tax. Okay, so now you know you speaking with the old school veteran from mortgage lending. And so I haven't done this in many years and many things have changed. But I've also, I've been in the position of actually underwriting a loan and, and deciding whether or not it gets approved or not. And I want you to know there's so many different factors that go into that. Mm. So even if what you say is true, it's rare that two people will have the exact same credit score. Somebody had to have a higher one. In addition and to I that, heard, probably that's not... Rashonda. <laughs> the, way, the way she was mad, okay. See, uh, how do you know? We can't. We can't. Because I hope that's her the anger, case. Her anger was white hot. <laughs> like, you read it, not in this article. So the Waterloo one. <laughs> there, there's a, there's a February. This is a March one to talk about her having a bank, starting a bank. 
but there's an early right. one in February right. from Black History Month. Right. <laughs> now that one, she is, yeah. she is, she is white hot. <laughs> she is, she ain't playing. Yes. And yeah. so, and it's also. Well, I'm gonna tell you uh, this. Okay. No, go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna tell you this: the fact that she was able to, when it was all over and done, start a bank. To me, that means she must have had a pretty solid credit profile because people, you know, it's hard to get approved with shoddy credit um, and and unqualified for a bank if you can. uh, And it seems like somebody who could qualify to own and operate a bank would also be able to qualify to get a small loan, although... The the elephant in the room is well. She had more money after the lawsuit. Potentially, did it say how much she won? Uh, well, it didn't say that she won. It says that uh, she. Oh, I mean, yeah. This this doesn't talk about that. So, this article aren't about her lawsuit as much as her journey to. I'm reading the USA Today one now, and um. USA Today one talks more mainly about her her push to to raise the the ten million. She's got about five percent of the ten million raised, and so um, uh, she also okay. This is what we then talk about. She bought homes to rent out, so she was definitely somebody who had excellent credit because she owned more than one home, and she bought them as investment properties well i'm gonna have to say i mean like the government the 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 the, what's name the case was 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 you know in her favor so apparently it probably was you know um you know whatever she alleged probably was the case and probably was uh egregious so I guess what I'm getting at is I, I don't know en- enough facts. God, I sound like an attorney and I hate that, but I really don't know enough facts because here's the thing. Yes, she won. But the only remedy that I've heard you say she got was disclosures of um, a rule change. Perhaps well, to the bank. She said she's to the U.S. government. Right. So and so the U.S. government did a that what she got was a disclosure disclosures right like people who get this federal money have to do disclosures. Am I understanding that right on who actually got the the business loans? And that that is that is something I you know we again they don't have a lot uh, about her case. Uh, okay, well I got I found something. Here it goes. Um. Yeah. Oh, wow. She's been buying homes for years <laughs> to rent out and help other black entrepreneurs. So when she sued the federal government, uh, they, they got, they, they I, I found a link and they, they charged for it. But anyway, so I have to get, get us this link that we have to uh, read this article that goes into it, the lawsuit from 2019. But anyway, uh, what it does say was free is that she forced the federal government to push financial institutions to release race and other demographics of small business loan decisions. Oh, she won because there was a 
<laughs> a 2010 law that was already in place. Okay. So okay, she that makes them sense. to enforce the law that's there. Exactly. So those are the little fine points. Sometimes you have to kind of dig in because you got to remember when you sue the U.S. government, which I've done, <laughs> but when you sue the U.S. government, you need to understand that they are looking out for the best interest of everyone, the whole. The you know, and alleged. so <laughs> allegedly they're looking out for the best interest of of of, of anybody, everyone. That, that so right. that it is a level playing field. And so when there's a rule on the books that says, "Look, you got to share and disclose," and that's a requirement a lot of times to get these federal funds. There's there's you know compliance pieces. There's parts where you have to disclose who actually got it and who didn't get it. And so she won. <laughs> I don't even know how to say this, but basically she won the right to enforce the right with, that was already hers. Right, exactly. Like, like I'm raising my hand. You're not calling me. I'm raising my hand. You're not calling me. Would you call ahead and call me? I'm going to sue you if you don't call me. I don't care. Mr. So-and-so, next time he raises his hand, you must call him. <laughs> you know? That's right. That's exactly. right. So, so I guess then the next question becomes, now, was there um, any type of a, a civil... Remediation? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a good question. I've got to yeah. buy the art. Find out. Yeah. Yeah. And then From I want Waterloo, to say this about... <laughs> I want to say this about um, companies who uh, people who buy and sell a lot of property. Mm -hmm. I, you know, when you underwrite those loans, and I've underwritten some of those, sometimes that's good. It would seem like it's good, but sometimes it's bad because um, your credit score and the cash flow is not the only thing that goes towards your credit. Sometimes, if you have too many of those loans on your book, in terms of, um, you know, I own ten properties but I'm upside down, you know, then that can impact whether or not you get additional money from any lender. Mm -hmm. I would be curious to know, were they all the property she had? Was it a positive I, cash flow yeah. with her debt to income ratio, you know, such that, you know, she had a whole, um, you know, 70% of her income left or right. more to be able to handle this repayment with right. the other person. Did they have the same ability to repay? There's, there's, I don't know, sis, but yeah, I, yeah. I do. But all interesting questions for us to have for episode two. You've been listening <laughs> to Black Business Reports. I'm your host, Martin Pratt, along with Auntie Donna Brown. We're excited to be on call in app. This was taped and done and edited all on this app called Call In. Check them out, download them, and let them know Martin sent you. Hey, y'all, we'll be back in, next week episode two. Call in, babies. Call in. Amen. You, Call in, y'all. Hey, it's been great, Donna. I'll see you next week. It sounds good. Take it easy. <laughs>